All right, good Sunday morning, uh, or welcome to your Sunday dose, or if it's not Sunday, you know, welcome to your weekly dose of Jesus is Dope, as we get to one of my my favorite pieces of really all of the scriptures, but especially of the Sermon on the Mount, because it helps with the confusion and the tension we often find ourselves in, in trying to follow Jesus and understand the Bible. Um, and this is one of the rare times that Jesus actually speaks to the Bible and how we can view it and how to understand it. And so I love it. I, I actually pointed to this in the very first episode of this podcast as we were setting up the first two verses of Matthew chapter 5 that set the kind of course for this Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes and the mantra. And um, it, it's just, it's super exciting because Jesus speaks to uh, authority and the trustworthiness and invites us um, by faith to follow him and in that faith to leverage scripture. Um, and it's an interesting tension that we will all wrestle with over the entire course of our relationship with Jesus because there are moments um, when, you know, I've been around scripture my entire life. I went and got a uh, four-year degree in scripture and theology, and there are still moments when I will read something that I know I've read before, but it's like I've never read it before. There's moments when I, I feel like I, I really understand Jesus, but then I read something that he did or he said that I'm like, wait, why would he do that? Uh, or what does he mean by that? And that is the mystery and the beauty of it, though it is often confusing um, or frustrating um, or easy to ignore. I've heard people reference the Bible as the most printed and least read book uh, in human history. But let's jump into it. Uh, we're Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 19, and here's what Jesus says. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now, when Jesus refers to the law and the prophets, that is a shorthand Jewish way of referring to the Jewish scriptures, what, what we more know now as the Old Testament, which really is like the old covenant relationships and stories uh, with God. But, but the Old Testament, um, everything from Genesis to Malachi, which is the majority of the Bible we have today, that's Jesus's Bible. Uh, that, that's what he grew up with. That's what he grew up reading, learning, studying, um, and speaking from and teaching from all the time. And so he, you know, he says in verse 17, like, I haven't come to get rid of this. And so we get to see Jesus speak um, to the meaning behind Scripture, uh, not just uh, pointing to the Scriptures, but talking about the meaning behind it. And in contrast to us, um, you know, we... we we want to understand it, but we're confused by it. Uh, Jesus was, to to be a rabbi in his time, I mean, to be Jewish in his time, but then to become a rabbi, which is like the best of the best of the best, 
Jesus was obsessed with the scriptures. He had put it all to memory. He he could he could quote uh, everything from Genesis to Malachi, which is unbelievable. But Jesus also chose, even though he claims to be God in the flesh, to be under its authority. And and this is because he was modeling how to have relationship with God to us. He he chose to come under its authority. He preached from it. He taught from it. He pointed to it. And as he quite clearly said here, like, you can't get rid of this. And so if if you're trying to understand Jesus, we need the scriptures. We need what we would call the Bible um, and, you know, the Old Testament and the New Testament because it gets us closest to him, to the people who were near him and to the way that he thought and the things that he said. And we we come into relationship with the Bible because we're trying to come into relationship with Jesus. And that doesn't make it easy. Um, but we, if you're going to follow Jesus, a way to say this is that our goal should be to have the same relationship with the Bible that Jesus did. And so the reason that churches teach from the scriptures, the reason that um, so many people still talk about this is because to follow Jesus is to, is to have this kind of same authoritative committed obsession with the scriptures, not because we understand it all. In fact, it's very often confusing, um, uh, not because it's so straightforward, but it, it's because like Jesus, we want to wrestle with it and come to know God better and and um, and uh, allow the scriptures, I guess, to be what they promise, which is that um, they are supposed to be like a light to our feet that guide the path. They're supposed to be the words of God to us that like we can hear from him and what he has to say to us. Um, but when you open the Bible, as I imagine you've done, um, or maybe you're just confused by the things that you've heard about it, um, the Bible is complex. It's dense. It is not exactly some Hunger Games or novel or fiction kind of stuff. It's, it's more accurately, the Bible is like a library. It's not a book. It's a library of books, uh, 66 different books, from different genres written a long time ago. And so in many ways, when you open the Bible and you start to read it, it's like you're stepping into a foreign world, like out of a time machine. And, and there's confusion from that, but then there, there are parts that we don't like when we read it. There are parts that are really boring and we don't understand. There are parts that are really concerning or seem incredibly out of step with culture, uh, or the way we think. Um, there, there's parts that call us to be something that we don't want to be. Um, or we're not sure we can be. It's hard stuff. And um, and it's led to, to many misuses of the Bible, and it's led to many sad conclusions that maybe the Bible's not for us anymore. Maybe it's not good anymore. Maybe we don't need it. Maybe we could have Jesus without the Bible. And I love that Jesus takes a moment like this to give us clarity from his own mouth, um, that he wants us to see Scripture the way he does, and to wrestle with it and have a relationship with it like he does. And so we'll go back to verse 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets or the prophets. Like I didn't come to get rid of this, which would have been easier, right? He could have just been like, God's love, I'm love, follow me, we're done. Um, but instead he, he has this, like I've come to fulfill them. And, and this is really important that Jesus sees the Bible the Jewish scriptures, as a story that reaches its fulfillment in him. And so, you know, Jesus is, is not saying like, this is an encyclopedia of information. This is, he's not saying this is a scientific text that tells us everything we need to know. 
Uh, it's not a, a, a bunch of data for us to mine. Um, that, that you read it as this library of stories. It's like a long narrative about God and human history and where it comes from and where it's headed. And it all, according to Jesus, builds up to him. It points to his life, his teaching, his death, his resurrection. And so just like it takes faith to follow Jesus, it takes faith to engage with the scriptures. Um, and, and where we'll be going in the next few weeks of this podcast, you can jump there and read them in Matthew 5, where Jesus goes after saying this, speaking to this authority in him, he starts saying things like, like you have heard it said about murder and adultery, but I say, Jesus, the I heard, you have heard it said, he's speaking to like the popular understanding of scripture of his time. And then he quotes scripture to them. And then he shows them how they missed the point, how they've misinterpreted it and applied it. And so what Jesus is telling us here in Matthew 5, 17 is that according to Jesus, we have to read and reread and debate and wrestle with the scriptures constantly because uh, it's easy to misunderstand and misapply. And that if it's not pointing to him, if it comes in contradiction with him, the problem is not the scriptures. The problem is us, our reading, our understanding, our interpretation. Um, you know, I grew, I grew up in church and I've grown up around a lot of very um, fundamentalist type people that would say things like, well, the Bible says it and that settles it. Um, but Jesus, I don't think, would say that. Jesus is surely not saying that here. Uh, in fact, so, so often what Jesus took issue with was the way people read it and interpreted it, not with the actual scriptures itself. Jesus was not a fundamentalist. He didn't flatten or simplify scripture. He calls us to know it and to be people who consistently read it, but who also wrestle with it. It takes intelligence to read this and takes faith to trust and ask in humility for God to speak through it to us. And I know this all seems you know, maybe confusing, and that's why I think for most of us it's just easier to ignore Scripture or maybe just read like a verse of the day, but not to dig into the meat and the complexity and the frustration and the confusion of, of Scripture trusting that God uses it. Because this same book that we call the Bible has been justified, has been used, I would say, by people who believed in Jesus, but been used to like justify horrible things like war throughout history. But at the same time, the Bible's also been the driving text behind nonviolent movements like Martin Luther King's civil rights and Nelson Mandela and even Gandhi, who wasn't even a follower of Jesus. Like the same text was used to justify slave trade and the scriptures were the same thing used and, and inspired the abolition of slave trade. And so we can't just flatten it and we can't pretend like it's not complex, but Jesus is claiming that, that we should be reading it and that to read it in any way that doesn't point to him is to miss the point. To read the scriptures and, and not be pointed to him um, is what then he, he speaks to here in verse 18. So we'll go back and read Matthew 5, verse 18. He said, For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. So we can't, we can't ignore it, not only because Jesus is saying he came to fulfill it, and it points to him, so a way of understanding Jesus is to understand the scriptures. 
But Jesus is also saying it's, it's trustworthy that, that every dot, every punctuation, every drop of ink, every letter, every word uh, will not pass away until it has all come to, to fulfillment. So I, I would suggest what Jesus is saying here in verse 18 is that this is the highest view of Scripture that you can have. And it's, he's inviting us to see it as he sees it, which is fully trustworthy. Right? Like, like the Bible has come under lots of criticism, um, and, and, and there are right criticisms. Like there are so many stories in the Old Testament, when you read them, they should bother you because they are stories of the depravity and the lostness of the human story and the need for Jesus. But when you understand them as something that points to the need for Jesus, they all begin to make more sense. Not because we're supposed to like them or agree with them, and we're not supposed to go replicate them, which is why it always bothers me when I hear of pastors and Christians, you know, praying some of these horrible prayers from the Old Testament about our enemies being killed and slaughtered. Like that doesn't align with what Jesus talks about and requires us to wrestle more with it. And, and like I already said, Jesus never took issue with the actual Bible. He's saying it's trustworthy. He, take, he took issue with people of his time and the way that they read it and interpreted it, the way they applied it. Um, and, and what I guess he would say was a misuse of it. And so again, scripture requires faith. But Jesus is saying it's trustworthy. But it's still going to require faith. And faith that in the tensions that we will face when we read scripture and when we try to apply it, when we try to trust God's spirit and contemplate it, when we try to live our life in a world that's not following Jesus and is full of ambiguity to navigate, that we're called to live in this tension and trust scripture to guide us. Paul and the early church, they, you know, they would talk about how all scriptures God breathed and is useful to learn from. Other ways of restating this, this um, trustworthiness, even though it is written by humans. And this is also fascinating. In fact, there's another time Jesus speaks to this, and there's a whole other story we could talk about here. But um, if you flip over to Mark chapter 12 and verse 35 and 36, Mark records this moment of Jesus teaching in the temple courts and challenging one of the predominant views of some people who are seen as authority of the scriptures. And uh, Mark says this, while Jesus was teaching in the temple courts, he asked, why do the teachers of the law say that the Messiah is the son of David? David himself, speaking by the Holy Spirit, declared. And then he quotes this verse um, from the Old Testament, from the Jewish scriptures. But this line, David himself, speaking by the Holy Spirit, that is a mystery <laughs> that the Bible claims and Jesus believes that the Bible is both divine and a human text. And the Bible is never hiding this fact that it is written by people, by real humans, but is also claiming to be divinely inspired and trustworthy. And, you know, we live in kind of this liberal, conservative, divided world, either or us or them way of thinking, but that doesn't fit um, the Bible. Um, conservative people tend to emphasize the divine side of the Bible. You know, all scriptures God breathed and just like turn your brain off. And, and more liberals or progressive types tend to emphasize the human side of scripture, that it's a piece of history and it's radically out of step with culture. Uh, and it's, it's either or. And what Jesus is pointing to and, and points to several times throughout his teachings and his ministry years for us to learn from is that 
is that this is divinely inspired by God's spirit and through the voice and the human touch of authors like David or Micah or Jeremiah or Moses or James. The Bible isn't hiding that, that it's got human fingerprints all over it. And yet, it's inspired. And Jesus is telling us we can see it as trustworthy. Um, and so, you know, Jesus was not at odds with, um, with the people or with the text. He was at odds with the way that they would interpret it. In fact, many times, one of the things Jesus caught flack for himself from the, the teachers in the law was his own reading and interpretation of the scriptures. And both the Pharisees, who were like the closest first century version of conservatives, and the Sadducees, who would be very close to like progressives or liberals of his time, um, they took a lot of issue with Jesus and the way he interpreted it. And you and I are invited to live in that same tension and not oversimplify it and not want to flatten it. To read scripture is to step into the mystery of knowing God and being under his direction and his authority. And that's where Jesus leads to next in verse 19, that Jesus sees the Bible as authority, as authoritative. In his view, we are to come under its authority. So think of it like this, to understand the Bible is literally to stand under it be in submission to it, right? Requires faith to follow Jesus, requires faith to believe in the scriptures and to wrestle with them. So we'll read verse 19 again, Matthew 5, Jesus said, therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So maybe a, a, a different way to speak about all of this if you've wondered why Christians believe in the Bible and trust it and speak from it and view it as authority, is that we believe in the authority of Scripture because we believe in Jesus and Jesus believed in its authority. So the reason I trust Scripture is because I trust Jesus and Jesus trusted Scripture. To Jesus, Scripture is a story. It's trustworthy and authoritative. And it's a story that all points to him. And to read it in any way that does not point to him uh, is to misread it. And that we are to see ourselves under Jesus's authority, under the authority of scripture, which is why we can't just ignore it. Or we can't just outsource it to somebody else on a podcast like this or a daily devotional email from someone. We need to be reading it ourselves. You know, if, if you've grown up in church and around this Jesus stuff for a while, it, it might not have dawned on you how weird it is, how bizarre it is to base your life off a book. And slowing down in moments and, and like this and, and hearing what Jesus has to say about it and really wrestling with that is so important to understand why we believe knowing and reading the scriptures is essential to living the life that we're created for, to 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 constantly get closer to God and commune with him. And so we follow the Bible because we follow Jesus. There's actually a, a cool book. Um, his name's Andrew Wilson called Unbreakable. And this is what he says. Our trust of the Bible stems from our trust in Jesus Christ. I don't believe in Jesus because I trust the Bible. I trust the Bible because I trust in Jesus. I love him and I have decided to follow him. So if he talks and acts as if the Bible is trustworthy, authoritative, good, helpful, and powerful, I will too, even 
if some of my questions remain unanswered or my answers remain unpopular. <laughs> I love that point. We don't believe in the scriptures because, because the Bible says to. Um, that doesn't make any sense. The Bible does claim to be the very word of God, but that's not why we believe in it. Plenty of other books have claimed to be lots of things, but we believe and trust in it because Jesus did. And Jesus does, but but well, I don't know. There's so many things we can talk about, and where Jesus is going to go next is really, really awesome. But here's here's where I'll, I'll um, bring this: that Jesus would claim that all authority is vested in Him, and that to come to know Him is to know truth. And so notice that that it's not Jesus's claim in the Bible, but in Himself. That it's in Him, and in Him we follow, and it's His authority. Like he's our boss, and he has chosen to mediate his authority through the scriptures, through written word, through human history, to help guide us and commune with us. And think about that all authority is mediated through speaking and writing. Right? Your boss or your board could send you an email, and you would obey it, respond to it, wrestle with it, because it's from your authority. If my wife sends me a text to pick something up um, on my way home, I would obey it because it's from my boss. I mean my wife. Because she has authority in my life that I live in mutual submission to. All authority is mediated through speaking and writing, right? Now you, this is obviously true with like speed limits, but with our jobs, with school, with city and government, um, all human societies work through authority mediated through speaking and writing. The Bible is a way that God, whose name is Jesus, mediates his authority and calls us to trust it and wrestle with it. And this is also important to note that those who believe in Jesus and live under the Bible's authority uh, really misuse this relationship with it when we try to apply it to everybody. Think of this for just a second. I believe the Bible is true for everyone, but not everyone is under its authority. Not everyone sees it as their authority. So the, the problem is not the Bible, um, or it's not that the Bible isn't for everybody. Um, it's that we treat it like it is. The Bible is a covenant text, so it's for people who have made a covenant relationship, chosen to believe and trust in God by the name of Jesus in his death and re resurrection, and so you can't tell everyone else they have to agree with the Bible. Those people aren't under its authority. The Bible isn't authoritative for the government. It isn't authoritative for everyone. It's authoritative to people who are followers of Jesus. The Bible isn't authoritative to your neighbor or to those that don't believe in Jesus or don't go to church um, or, or your coworkers or your grown children. Uh, the Bible is only authoritative for those who come to believe in Jesus then it becomes our authority. And so, um, I don't know, that's just an important reminder that to, to obey the Bible is an expression of our obedience to Jesus and belief in his authority and trustworthiness. And if you're a follower of Jesus, to disobey the Bible is to disobey Jesus. And it, it just invites us into this lifelong relationship of wrestling with the text. Uh, and, and that as we try to be faithful I'm using the word obedience because 
well, because I think it bothers us because we'd rather not be subservient and obedient. We're adults. We're autonomous, independent, modern, intellectual Americans or humans. But, but Jesus claims to be our Lord and calls us to then follow and obey. And our obedience to the things of Scripture is an expression of our belief and obedience to Jesus. And if we ignore things of Scripture, if we explain them away, if we, if we just like cut out the things that we don't like, then, then we're not honoring the Scripture. And that doesn't mean that we just simplify it. It doesn't make it easy. It's meant to just wrestle with the things that the Scriptures say as an expression of our trust in following Jesus and as something that's pointing to knowing him more. Now, a ton more things that we can say and we will say in the coming weeks as we continue to walk through how Jesus begins to reinterpret things around murder and sexual ethics and all kinds of really fun stuff. But this is so foundational that we trust in Jesus and therefore I can choose to trust in the scriptures. Because my faith in Jesus, I can have faith in the scriptures. And it's it takes faith to open it and believe it's not just just ink, just pages, or just stories, that there's something in the text that is more for us. So I don't know what this means, but I, but I do know that, that it means we should all be rethinking even the scriptures often, rethinking our relationship with them. Uh, what would it look like for you to make it your goal to have the same relationship with the Bible that Jesus had? Or what would, it, what would it look like to make sure when you're reading the scriptures that you're wrestling with it, that it, that it allow it to bother you, allow it to make you uncomfortable, ask more questions of it. See that by being confused by it and reading it and asking questions and more questions and studying, that is a way of honoring the scriptures, not simplifying them or just assuming you understand it or assuming it doesn't matter. Wrestle with it. And see what God has to say through you that in that process. Um, anyway, hope you're subscribed. If not, do that. Stay in touch and uh, read the Bible this week with me.